and welcome to Make Good, the podcast about yarn and knitting from Scratch Supply Co. We're recording today in downtown Lebanon, New Hampshire, and we're really excited to be here. I'm Karen. And I'm Jessica. Hey, Jessica. Hey, Karen. What's on your needles? Oh, already? Already. Um, (laughs) So my sorrel, my summer sorrel tea for our sorrel spring knit-along, and a bunch of other things that are glaring at me from inside project bags. What's on your needles? Yeah, my barn heart, my sorrel. Mm -hmm. How's that going? Oof. Here's (laughs) here's the the womp womp, (laughs) the sad trombone this morning. (laughs) Yeah, so this week we're going to talk a little bit about creative burnout. It's real, friends. It is real. (laughs) And you know what? It's not just real right now. Right. You know, it's not only an issue when you are 14 months into a pandemic. Creative burnout happens to everyone for different reasons at any given time. It sneaks up on all of us. I find it hits me just about every year in like March or April, kind of depending on the weather, and then in October. Like it's very seasonal for me. And it, it's it been a pattern since I was in grad school. Like I would always sort of hit this wall of just like too many things. And I feel like this year it's just happening right now. Agree. I definitely have the like spring, fall, seasonal creative burnout. And I think for me, it's like very much general malaise at this time of year because when my kids are in school this is the time of year I get real lazy about packing lunches <laughs> I'm like wow there's three saltines and a carrot have have lunch <laughs> cute things and like little notes and all of that stuff like we're lucky we get out the door in the morning and since they're at home they're just feral but, they can forage for themselves. Yeah, they'll find things in the refrigerator <laughs> in the pantry. I'm not worried about anyone struggling to find things to eat. But it's, you know, kind of across the board for me. I'm like, uh, I think it's all the sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very normal reaction for a vampire to have. That's right. It's just not the right time of year for me. So yeah, we want to talk a little bit about creative burnout. What is it? What causes it? Not just for us, but kind of generally. Mm -hmm. Because it's going to happen to everyone, right? Fibercraft is a creative field. And I think the key thing when it happens to you, which is going to at some point, is not to panic and not to think, oh, I can't do this ever again anymore, or not to think, you know, I must not really be a knitter or whatever the negative self-talk that comes up around this is. It's just part of everyone's creative cycle, right? Right. And you don't need to be a professionally creative person to experience this. Like it's not, you know, I'm on deadline and I've hit a wall and I have block and I can't get this done and deliver. Like it just happens. Things ebb and flow. For me, my creative burnout very much manifests itself in dragging my knitting around with me everywhere. Like I take it in the car, it comes to work. It comes into the living room onto the couch with me at night, and it just kind of sits near me, mocking me (laughs) while I watch some cult series on TV or I scroll Instagram on my phone. My knitting is comfortingly yet mockingly close, (laughs) and no stitches happen. Yeah, I have been letting my knitting be nearby while I mindlessly stare at my phone a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. And you just kind of feel like, meh, 
yeah. about everything or you feel maybe guilty that you're not working on your project or you feel mad at your project <laughs> right. because it's just not giving you the happy good vibes feeling that you want to get from your knitting. It's a little different for all of us and it's kind of cruddy no matter what, what way you experience it. I've heard this come up in discussions of various types of blocks. There's this, this concept of the wall of yuck, right? Or the wall of awful. There's like this task that you need to do mm -hmm. and doing the task. And I mean, knitting, right? And that is going to take some effort to do. It's going to take actually physically doing the stitches. So if you are looking at doing this task, there's sort of that hurdle to get over. But now that all of this sort of mocking and you know, maybe some feelings of guilt and all that kind of stuff are coming up around not having done it already. You've now created a different hurdle. You've created this wall of awful and that's all your bad feelings about it. And that's also a hurdle that you're, you'll need to get over in order to be able to just sit down and do some stitches. And like, if you could avoid having all of those yuck feelings, then that hurdle wouldn't be there, which would be great. So I like to think of the wall of yuck for me personally. It's my impossible task. Yes. And frequently, the impossible task for me is not my knitting. It's my inbox. Uh -huh. <laughs> it becomes the impossible <laughs> task. Like, I know there are three things I have to get done, and I just can't open it. I can't do it. And then once I do, it's like, wow, that took me four minutes, and now I feel great two weeks later. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, it's, it's a little different for all of us. I recently put off sending an email for like four years and <laughs> recently, <laughs> recently. And once I sent it, I had a response, a positive response, the response I was looking for within like, I don't know, 12 hours or something. Mm -hmm. And I had been building up a huge wall of yuck around this email for four years, four years. What was I doing? It was a little ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, Jessica, make me send the email. And she was like, I don't understand why sending the email is such a big deal. And it wasn't. It was the wall of yuck that was in front of it. Mm -hmm. So I think that if you're experiencing this currently or have before or will in the future, you definitely will in the future. The first step of kind of breaking through this is asking yourself why mm -hmm. you have the wall of yuck. Because sometimes it's your knitting and sometimes it's something else. Yes. But if you can identify that thing at that point, you can figure out ways to try and make yourself feel better or to chip away at the wall. Yes. And for me, I find that what happens, and I think this does happen kind of seasonally because of like the season change has always affected me pretty strongly and also just how schedules are. Mm -hmm. The amount of burnout that I feel around things that I have to do is higher, but I still get those things done. I take the thing I do for fun and I transpose those feelings of burnout onto that. And then I'm like, I just don't want to do this sweater. It's not that I don't want to do the sweater. It's that I don't want to do my taxes. Right? Right. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> so you take away the nice thing that you right. do for yourself. <laughs> this is all very dysfunctional. <laughs> and I think sometimes just identifying that is a good mm -hmm. solution. Like if you are sitting on the couch and you're looking at your knitting and you're going, oh, getting that out of the bag just feels like so much work. First of all, nothing bad will happen if you don't. If you really do want to knit and also just kind of can't get over that hump, saying, you know, maybe it's not that I don't want to knit. What is it that I'm having to do that I don't want to do? Like, where is this feeling coming from? 
oh, it's because I've been putting off responding to an email or it's because I've been putting off making a phone call or it's because I am feeling gross about some other thing that is going on in your life that is like dragging you down. And sometimes just identifying that. This isn't about the sweater. This is about emptying the dishwasher. This is about emptying the dishwasher. (laughs) So you can start addressing this by giving yourself a little bit of grace here. Yes. Don't be hard on yourself. Don't spiral out. Don't throw your needles or your hook down in a fit of rage and say, I'm just never doing this again. It's okay. Take your time. Give yourself some space. And one of the first ways you can do that is maybe thinking, well, I can't face my barn heart today, but do my hands want to move? Should I pick up a sock? Like, redirect. Mm Mm-hmm. Because sometimes that, like, just that little break from this thing that you have, like, let become a slog will clear your headspace and kind of refresh your energy around your projects by just working on something else, like change the needle size, get an exciting skein of yarn out that you've been holding on for, like, just the right thing. Like, let now be the right thing. Yeah, let your eyes look at a different color for a little while. Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes a wall of green after, you know, thousands of stitches starts to really feel like a wall. (laughs) And you want to mix it up a little bit. Some knitters have already hacked this, right? They have sort of a group of projects on the go at any given time. So they'll rotate through. And some of that can be situational, right? You have your at-home knitting, you have your on-the-go knitting, you have a sock in your bag or whatever it is. Because at a certain point, like if you're knitting an afghan, that becomes an asocial project. You can't drag that thing around with you, right? So maybe that's only happening at home on your couch. But I think for some people, especially if you are like a finish the project person, you don't like to be a non-monogamous knitter, that can feel like giving up on a project. And it's not. It's not giving up on a project. This was one of those things. So for a couple of years, I was a freelance writer. And in the writing community, we would have people who would, you know, they'd have like a bunch of super productive days in a row, like for weeks and weeks and weeks. They'd be like, I wrote 1500 words today. I wrote my 1500 words today. I did all my editing. And then they would have a day where it just wasn't flowing and it would be like crash, right? And usually the suggestion there was, so go write something else. Doesn't matter what it is. Just go blah, like a journal entry. Like just go do something else. Get your fingers moving. Sometimes just getting your fingers moving will get that flow back in motion. And then sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't work. Right. It's not foolproof. None of this is. But another option is just trying something else that's creative and is just for you to do. And that might be you want to do some embroidery. You decide now is the time you pick up sourdough bread making. Right. (laughs) Like just something else. Like go put some plants in the ground. Yank a fence out of your yard. I don't know. (laughs) Like, create a project that doesn't have any of, like, the stuck associations that you're feeling so you can just do a thing. Yes. Because for me, one of my issues is, so I'm not a monogamous knitter. I have lots of projects, almost always. And sometimes I will get to a point where I just need to finish something. Yes. And I am nowhere near finishing anything that's on any of my needles. I'm two inches into a sock. And I'm five inches into a sweater and I'm three quarters of the way through some ripple butt shorts and I cannot finish any of them in one sitting. (laughs) Three inches into a dress? I'm more than three inches into a dress right now. (laughs) But I am nowhere near 
done. No. Like there is, you know, and they a little bit all feel like the impossible task at the moment. But I could do something else and just finish it and be done and be able to say, oh, well, that felt good. I did a thing. Like ripping out a fence. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> surprisingly satisfying. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's fun. If you have a yard and it has a fence in it and you don't like the fence, just rip it out. Yeah, it doesn't have to stay there. <laughs> <laughs> and that's part of the the sort of season change thing, too. Like, in our part of the world, it's, I mean, we're fully well into the calendar spring, but it's just starting to feel like spring. We had snow last week. We did. We had so much snow last week. Then everything got green and now it's so cold this morning. Yeah. I was in the garden store yesterday and there were a lot of people in the garden store that like, it's time to put the plants in the ground feeling is coming. The plants I left with, the woman there was like, don't plant them yet with like the fear on her face because it's definitely going to frost again. But I think that's because people are having that like frantic plant stuff energy. Just finding something else that's going to give you some creative satisfaction and that I think like Jessica was just saying, that accomplishment of having done something. It felt good to finish something. Now I'm going into this project that I want to come back to with that good finished something feeling and not the, oh, this is taking forever feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think really what we're talking about essentially is self-care. Yes. Like do something that makes you feel good and refreshed and revitalized and creative or rested or whatever. Whatever is the thing that works for you. Take a bath. Paint your nails. Go roll around in the dirt. I don't know. Like you <laughs> in that order, probably. <laughs> definitely paint your nails and go <laughs> look for ramps in the woods. I don't know. But do your thing. Like identify what your thing is. And if you don't have one yet, that's okay too. Now it's time to experiment. Try different things to kind of push your creative juices and get you excited about something. The other thing that is often really helpful and is becoming increasingly possible with the increase of vaccinations and the warmer weather, is connecting with some of your creative friends. For sure. It has been a long year and a lot of screen time. So So much screen time. So much. Because we all care about each other and have been trying to stay away from each other, but we all miss each other. So it's so many Zoom craft nights and meetings and Waving at your friends through the windows. <laughs> you have a different not... kind of screen, but still a screen. Yeah. Now, you know, you might be able to go sit outside in the park or walk on the trail or do something where you're with other people and you're with your creative community. And if you can't be close to people yet for any number of reasons, that's fine too. But stay connected mm-hmm. with your creative friends because hearing what they're doing and what their experiences are, they're going to feed you. Yeah, and sometimes just sitting and talking with someone, you don't want to just sit there and do nothing while they're doing something, so that will get you to pick that project back up again in a way that sort of doesn't feel the same as making yourself pick it up by yourself, Mm -hmm. right? And at least where we are at the time we're recording this, the CDC just announced that two vaccinated people can be together outside unmasked Yes, within, is it three feet or six feet? I don't know. Some proximity. Uh, Don't sit in each other's lap, but you can talk. Right. Enough that you wouldn't necessarily have to be sitting out there. You know, if you were going to take an afternoon in the park, you don't necessarily have to be doing it with masks on, depending on 
what the right choice that way is for you and your family and all that kind of stuff. So that's very encouraging. Although you know what's great about masks? What? Sunscreen. It's like the best sunscreen ever. Seriously. Also, anonymity. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you just want to sit outside and talk with your friend with your sun hat on and your mask and you don't want to be interrupted by someone else. (laughs) They'll never know it's you. Just cover up. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) And really the key with all of this is don't be hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. If this is you right now or at some point in the future or was two months ago and you're just kind of like, what is this about? It's normal. It comes and goes for everyone. It came and it will go. Like, at some point it will pass. Mm -hmm. You're not alone. No. We all go through this. We would love to hear what kinds of things you do for your creative burnout. Yes. You should tell us. You can email us and tell us. Because maybe at some point we'll do a little mini-sode update and share all of your amazing ideas for creative revitalization and self-care. So... Tell us. You can email us. You know the email address. Steer Scratch at scratchsupplyco.com. But we'll make sure all of your friends who listen to the podcast with you know your great ideas too. Yeah. And sometimes that is really helpful. If you just feel like you're like, oh, I'm just kind of stuck in a rut. Having somebody else be like, well, why don't you try this? And it's something you hadn't thought of before can be exactly the thing to shake you out of it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think the key is just letting go of the emotional yuck. Give yourself a break. Give yourself an emotional break, too. Have you seen that meme that's going around that's like, what did you get done today? It's like, nothing. Well, did you at least rest and relax today? Also, somehow, no. Like, (laughs) don't spend the time you take away from, from something beating yourself up about taking time away from it. Like, that's not the point, right? If you're going to take a physical break, and that can be fine, too. Just say, you know what? This week, I'm not knitting. That's fine. Don't spend that week being like, oh, I'm not knitting. Like, give yourself emotional space from it as well. Yarn's not perishable. You're all set. It's not. And you know what? The stitches aren't time sensitive. All of it. You set it down. When you pick it back up, it's going to look the same. It's going to be in the same place. If you think you might set it down for a while, write yourself a little note about where you are on the pattern. Put a post-it note, highlighter, something. You're good to go. Beautiful. So, Jessica. Karen. Are you ready? Oh, no. (laughs) For a letter. Definitely. So our letter this week comes from Juliana. Hi, Juliana. My question is about yarn shopping strategies. I have a pretty large stash of indie dyed, super colorful, variegated, and speckled sock yarn. I love knitting socks, so it's easy to justify buying a skein because maybe I can combine it with others for a bigger project, but if not, I can always make socks. As I started knitting more shawls, cowls, and sweaters, of course I found I needed different amounts of yarn, specifically multiple skeins of the same color. My question is whether you have any advice for, quote, default settings for yarn shopping. Amounts or types to purchase together so that I'll have good options for things to use it for beyond socks. I know there's a version of the answer to this question that is basically pick a specific pattern, then go buy the yarn for it. But I like having options. Also, sometimes shopping yarn sales before I have a clear pattern in mind. For example, when buying DK, should I get three skeins of the same or two or more to be able to make most shawls or cowls? Is a single skein of bulky enough for a hat? I'm a size 3X or 4X, so sweater quantities are a pretty big investment. 
but I wonder if there's a minimum amount I could get that would at least be feasible for a tank top or something. This is such a good question. It's a great question. I love this question. It's excellent. And it's something that I think we all face at one time or another. You're at a yarn shop, you're at a fiber event, you're looking through somebody's stash online that they're looking to get rid of, and you're like, hmm, I don't have a plan, and yet I need this. Yes. What do I do? There are answers, which is even better (laughs) than just having a great question. There are answers. I love answers. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you some like DIY ballpark ways to do this, and then I'm going to give you some actual tools. For smaller projects, so say a hat or mittens, something little like that, like you asked in your question, is one skein of bulky weight yarn enough? Mm, That's maybe yes, maybe no, because there are different sizes of those skeins. Sometimes you'll see a skein that has like 80 yards of yarn, and sometimes it's 120. So that kind of varies. So we can't always start with looking at the yarn and answering that question. But if you have a collection of kind of like, these are my favorite go-to hats, and you can look at the yardage requirements for those, make yourself like a little note sheet in your phone and let yourself know these hats that I like to make usually take between 100 and 130 yards. And you don't have to have a specific pattern in mind, but you kind of have a range for those kinds of accessories. Same with shawls. Some shawls are little, and some shawls are super crazy big. And if you have an idea of the kinds of things you specifically like to knit, I like to knit shawls that generally take three to four skeins of DK weight yarn. If it takes eight skeins, I'm not knitting it. It's just too many (laughs) for a shawl. You know, like those are your own personal preferences, but if you can kind of build in those ballparks for those types of things, make yourself a little list of yardage with the different weights. Like, you know, you never knit fingering weight shawls. Great. You don't need to know, but you like to knit worsted weight shawls. Give yourself some parameters so you can estimate. Now, if you want some math and some specific information, like a guidebook to kind of help you on this yarn buying journey, there is actually a booklet that will help you do this. It's from Hannah Fettig, and it's from 2014. So you may have seen this somewhere before. It looks like a little kind of multi-page pamphlet that you might see in a yarn shop, and it's called StashBot, A Comprehensive Guide to Building a Useful Stash. And what it is, is a series of charts that gives you recommendations for different sizing and different styles of sweaters and wearable garments, not accessories. So like a vest or a cropped sweater or a long tunic top. There's sizing, there's yarn weights, and there's estimated yardage. So using this little grid system, these charts, will help you figure out how many yards you need approximately for your body. And it's super handy. There's an explanation for how to use the guide. And it's also good if you like to knit for other people. Yes. And you're like, wow, I have a little kid coming into my family and I want to knit them a sweater. If you know approximately how big that kid is, you don't have to have them with you and do all sorts of measurements in a yarn shop. You can have some information about that person and use your little chart and just pick up a bunch of skeins and you should be good to go. There's also an app 
Yes. So we sell the booklets. For me personally, I know I also have the app on my phone. It isn't the cheapest app on the app store. It's like five or six bucks, but totally worth it if you want to have it handy. I know it's there for the Apple App Store, and it's also on the Android Store, I believe. But it's it's super handy if you just search for like StashBot, you'll be able to find it too. And, you know, five or six bucks for the app, it's probably six bucks for the paper pamphlet. Yes. And then it just lives in your phone, and you don't have to be scared of spilling coffee on it. Right. So that's fine. Like, it's it's a useful tool with you, whether you like it digital or analog. (laughs) That's right. The other thing I find, and I find this works better for some projects than others, something like a cowl or a scarf using the the physical weight, not like the worsted fingering weight, Mm -hmm. but like the 100 grams weight to figure out kind of the volume of fiber you're going to need. So like for me, if I'm knitting a scarf, and I know this because I knit a scarf one time that I just absolutely loved that happened to take two skeins of worsted weight yarn. So that's 200 grams of yarn. If I wanted to knit a scarf out of fingering weight that was kind of roughly the same, I would still need 200 grams of yarn. So however many skeins it's going to take me, like it doesn't matter what size the skein is or, you know, what weight of yarn the skein is. I just know I'm going to need about that much to get about that much fabric, no matter how many stitches I'm going to need to get there. And there's going to be exceptions. There's always exceptions. If you're like, I want to make something with 18 million cables on it, things are going to get weird. If you, you know, are double knitting, things are going to get weird. But that's a good starting place. It's so exciting. And what a fun way to think about your stash instead of just kind of impulse buying a random skein here or there like I'm curating future opportunities yes I can decide I want to knit a sweater and then not have to go through the process of oh where will I get my yarn like you have options in your stash you can pick what you already love that's waiting there for you and find the right pattern to go with it it's an adventure good for you (laughs) well I hope that was helpful Juliana and if you start collecting gem collections of yarn send us pictures let us know we just want pictures oh we want to see everyone's stuff (laughs) so sorrel knit along update it is officially into may which means we are halfway through our knit along and it doesn't matter if you're not halfway through your sweater you don't have to be done but people have been posting a ton speaking of pictures right lots of pictures of the progress a couple people have finished already which is amazing i love this it's exciting I like that there are options, like not everyone is doing the same type of sorrel, and the yarns are all beautiful, and you're knitting in interesting places. Yes. So keep posting the hashtag if you want to go see everyone's progress is hashtag make good sorrel, and there's a lot to look at. And we're going to be announcing the time and date of the sorrel soiree in a couple weeks, I think. We're going to give it some time to see kind of where things are around the end of May, but Mm -hmm. we will come back with that information. For sure. Uh, We have a thing coming up. We do. It's exciting. We are one of the sponsors of Indie Spotlight, which is one of the virtual events that the organizers of Indie Untangled are putting on this year, and we are super excited about that. And we are going to be doing a live deer scratch over Zoom. Zoom. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) So Indie Spotlight is taking place May 14th, 15th, and 16th. 
It's $7 to register, and it gives you access to all of the amazing vendors and some exciting panels that are taking place over the weekend. Scratch is sponsoring two different indie designer panels on Saturday and Sunday. But our lounge, the Make Good Lounge, is happening on Saturday afternoon. And if you are registered for the Indie Spotlight event, you can join us. You'll just dial into the room and we will be answering your questions live. We're going to try to stump Jessica. Uh. (laughs) We're going to have to do this from inside the store. (laughs) And... I'm going to have to drink a lot of coffee first. Yes. Yep. (laughs) I'll come prepared. I am ready to talk to y'all and see your beautiful, smiling faces over Zoom. I'm going to troll. It's going to be great. We're going to have fun. Yeah. So we are super excited about that. If you are subscribed to our shop newsletter, we're going to be sending out a link to register just in case, I don't know, you want that in your inbox. It's also currently right at the top of the store's homepage. So you can just click right there and register and we will hopefully see you there. Mm -hmm. That website is scratchsupplyco.com. Oh, right. If you need to get to our homepage, you can also (laughs) register directly from the Indie Untangled website. Yes. So I think that's it for us this week. Thank you so much for joining us. It's so good to have you every week. You should subscribe to Make Good. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know, all those places. Some places. Mm -hmm. If you want to see what we're up to, you should follow us on Instagram. We are at MakeGoodPod. And send us your letters. Dear Scratch at ScratchSupplyCo.com. We appreciate hearing from you, and we love seeing your pictures, and y'all are just awesome and give us the warm fuzzies. So thank you for being here. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.